the robot that we're providing is nothing without all the accessories around it. It's, it's just an arm that is moving either work pieces or tools from A to B. But it's with our partners uh, that are doing clamping mechanisms, welding guns, whatever you need for your process around our robot, as well as tools to hold work pieces and all these kind of things. And so this is an entire world, an entire ecosystem that has already been established in a hardware sense. And now we need to do just the same in, in a software sense as well. Welcome to Afnet Silica's We Talk IoT. We'll chat with innovators, experts and business owners to learn how they are implementing IoT and using data to create new business opportunities. I am your host, Stephanie Ruth Hader. Industry 4.0 is a phrase that has been around for over a decade. Yet we are still waiting for the promised industrial revolution. Our guests today are Andreas Frank and Dr. Christian Lieke from KUKA, And we discuss why it is essential for companies to open their ecosystems, even their shop floors. Traditional business models need to change to make industrial IoT fly. Solutions need to be interoperable. But why is digitization still such a struggle for companies? The secret sauce to IoT success? Alliances. KUKA is a global supplier of intelligent automation solutions, from robots and cells to fully automated systems and their networking. Thank you for joining me, Andreas and Christian. You both work for KUKA. You are the guys with the cool orange robotic arms, which is, of course, a huge simplification of things, I know. Why don't you quickly introduce yourselves? Uh, yeah, my name is Andreas Frank. Um, I'm the head of uh, the KUKA IIoT business. And um, this uh, position is uh, located in the uh, Department of Digital Services. Um, our topic is uh, we are the link between our research development portfolio management uh, towards the market, towards the customers, to get in feedback, to have an ear into the market um, and to, to give feedback what are, what are the needs, what are the trends um, and so on. And uh, also to make sure that uh, the products are developed in the right direction. I'm actually managing our strategic alliances. This means partnerships and alliances uh, that we do, especially for um, topics like Industry 4.0, for new inventions and, and, and those kind of things. So that means we are teaming up with other companies in associations and so on. And uh, that is my task to, to, to manage that. So what would you say is the most exciting thing in automation right now? Christian, you just said digitization um, is the, the field of work that you mo mostly focus on what is the hot thing well i would say automation is becoming a commodity i mean uh, we started the robot business like in the 1970s uh, to really take off um, automation was brand new that was the third industrial revolution at this time if you look at it from 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 nowadays uh The, the robot itself hasn't changed so much. I mean, it's still moving in six axes. Uh, yes, the way it is controlled is a little bit different. It's faster and so on. But it's still the same kind of machine. But now it is used 
everywhere. And uh, the, the Corona time, uh, all the challenges that we had in the last couple of years, they really enhance this entire business of, of automotion. Since we see that we need to get a little bit more independent of, of workers who might uh, turn out to be sick uh, for, for a day or something like this, robots are used in, in, in fields uh, like the private sector, for example. Uh, more and more people have uh, automated lawnmowers and, and, and those kind of things. So. That is really the field of automation that is really changing our life. Yeah, you just mentioned that um, your industries and your clients have changed in the past as well. Like I know, for example, KUKA robotic arms from automotive clients. I've seen those pictures and uh, the robotic arms live. What what has changed? Where, where what new industries are you are you now serving? Of course, the, the, the GI business, the general industry is, is, uh, um, you have a lot of customer groups there, uh, starting from, uh, from small, um, let's say craftsmen uh, that, that, that doing something in their, in, in their workshops to a little bigger companies. So I think all these now have, uh, have a high interest and, and will have an interest in the future also for, for robots as, uh, as a support in, in, in their production, in their day and daily work. So I think this this changed, but it's still a field where 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 um, of course not everybody is on the same level today. This will also develop over the next years. And it's not just the amount of robots that has been used in, in different fields and what kind of fields are actually uh, used. So uh, just to give you one strange example, KUKA robots are now used to build homes. So we, we have a project where we build modular homes to actually keep track with the increasing population and, and how should you do uh, affordable uh, homing for them. Um, so this is something that could be automated to, to, to save uh, money and uh, to make it affordable. But uh, it is also also the, the, the use of the robot that, that has changed. And this is actually what brings us then to digitization because um, using a robot is just one thing, but you have to integrate it uh, in an intelligent and applicable way into your production. And that can be done now uh, since we, we are talking about Industry 4.0 since 11 years. Uh, that can be done in a different way today and um, companies are utilizing that more and more. Interesting. I, I read an interview with you, Christian, um, where, where, where it mentioned that um, digitization is not having very big effects on industry 4.0 yet. Um, can you, can you explain the reasons why that is? Well, yes, that, that's actually a really good question because uh, this is why we are struggling since the last 11 years in, in, in that topic. I mean, digitization is uh, a little bit older than uh, when it was proclaimed at the Hanover Fair actually in 2011. Um, the, 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 the topic has been around since the 1970s. Uh, some of uh, your, your podcast listeners may know computer integrated manufacturing. I mean, this is one of the basic ideas of what we are doing right now. But um, the point why we are struggling is that we still try to utilize existing old-fashioned business models. Not that these business models are bad, but it's about gaining competitive advantage. It's how do we bind customers exclusively to us? And this simply doesn't work in the field of Industry 4.0 because Industry 4.0 is about data usage between different processes, between different machines. And that means every company needs to open up. It's not about binding a customer exclusively to you. It's more about how can we exchange data with others to, um, to, to gain customer benefit. That's what it's all about. And of course, uh, 
companies don't always have the customer benefit in mind, they have their own benefit in mind. Of course, they, they want to earn a lot of money with it. Um, but this only goes through adoption of the customers and therefore we need to open up. And that's something that most companies really struggle to learn. And I mean, also KUKA did a lot of mistakes in that. We started with the old fashioned business models in the beginning by using the data or the uh, um, industrial internet of things connection, vision, whatever, it means also um, the business model and the way of doing business also needs to needs to be uh, um, uh, redesigned. Uh, there needs to be a new thinking also in that direction. I think Christian mentioned it. It's not about just helping an old business model changing one part of that whole thing. I think the, the business model has to change. The way of going to the market, the way of acting by using this new world. Yeah? I think this is also a big part of the change um, that um, every company that wants to be part of that also has to has to think about. Yeah? Um, I think that's also very, my opinion, a, a big part of the story. Cannot continue the business as you did for 20, 25 years. Things then also has to change also in that area. I, I think Andreas made a very good point with that. Uh, if you just think of those new kind of business models, they, they are already invented for quite some time. Just think of Google. They're still offering all their services for free. Uh, of course, they do a lot of money with commercials and so on, uh, but it, it's simply a different kind of business model. If I want to have an information, it's it, in our words, you Google it. Yeah. Uh, and it's a totally free service. And the same is true, of course, for, for other things as well. And, even for our business, this means maybe that we have to give away our information for free, uh, but in returns, we will uh, earn our money with this uh, in a different way. In Cooker in, in sense, it's probably not going to be marketing, um, but uh, whether we can design new services uh, on top of it or so, uh, that's the question for the future. But uh, as Andres just said, we, we, we have to change our business models, and uh, that means really a, a radical, disruptive way of, of thinking. Uh, over time, we, we changed our view and we accepted that we have to work together with others. Can you give an example? You know, I could tell you so many examples about um, how you have to bring data usage together. Uh, just to make it simple, I mean, if you make a machine in your production faster by digitization, this is a great thing. But if you don't change the environment, it just means uh, that the other machines cannot keep up. And so you, in, the, in the end, you gain nothing. So that's why we actually need to have these interoperable systems exchanging data to, to turn things through better. So, and this is the reason why you you joined uh, the Open Open uh, Open Industry 4.0 Alliance. Y yes, it's it's one of the reasons, and we didn't just join it. We we actually founded it uh, uh, like three years ago together with SAP uh, and together with a couple of other partners, and and we've been driving this alliance uh, since then. Uh, and yes, this is one of the basic ideas. It's really about how do we make software solutions of different companies interoperable to serve customer benefit. And uh, I wouldn't say this is always regardless of your own benefits, um, but customer benefit comes first here. And um, 
I mean, joining such an alliance is, is just one thing. Uh, it's it's about talking. It's it's about uh, having guidelines, reference architectures, and those kind of things. But you have to implement it in your own kind of business. And and Kuka has been doing this. We we, we offer solutions, uh, and actually Andreas is the expert for that. Um, who actually enable that? Who who enable this customer benefit via interoperability? Do you have an example or um, a figure um, how how you could measure this this benefit, or do you have a use case you could talk about, Andreas? For example, we have uh, we have our um, iQuka ecosystem. So by connecting our uh, friend with the six arms, <laughs> with with a tool uh, which is uh, very important for our customers. So the, so this is what we what we call an ecosystem, and in, in that in that area. The, the interaction and the exchange of data, cooperating, working together, uh, bringing these things together, bringing these worlds together is just one small part as an example of this, um, uh, for example. And uh, other manufacturers and solutions providers are joining this initiative too, or are you just starting to talk to them? Well, so far we have more than 100 uh, members in our alliance. So uh, one could really say, yes, there are a lot of companies uh, who, who have uh, established this uh, in, in, in their way of thinking. Uh, but of course, there are still many companies out there who, who refer to, as I would say, the traditional business models. And uh, that's something that we have to break up. Uh, I mean, we as, as a large provider of industrial equipment, we have to bring in our friends and family and uh, convince them of working in a different way, but also we as a customer have to do this. We have to demand from others, hey, there's a new way of thinking. Uh, you know, it's in, in the beginning, everybody was thinking about, I can, can earn a lot of money out of the data. Data that is, is generated by my customer. And I mean, this is a crazy thing in itself. Um, but this data really has no price tag on it. It's just if you combine it with other things uh, that it will get some 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 meaning, some 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 certain sense. And uh, we we are seeing this in the business. And actually, this is something that is really not new to Kuka. I mean, the the, the robot that we're providing is nothing without all the accessories around it. It's it's just an arm that is moving either, either work pieces or tools from A to B. But it's with our partners uh, that are doing clamping mechanisms, welding guns, whatever you need for your process around our robot, uh, as well as tools to hold work pieces and all these kind of things. And so this is an entire world, an entire ecosystem that has already been established in a hardware sense. And now we need to do just the same in, in a software sense as well. Now, this is really interesting because this means that um, the, the, the secret sauce to IoT or Industry 4.0 success, um, to use this analogy, would be alliances, right? That, that, that's definitely uh, one way to go. I would say, uh, and can also describe it with buzzwords like 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 open platforms, and so on. So this is this is the way for let's say maximum success. But as uh, as Christian said, I think um, there's still a barrier in, in in the market, and and actually we are facing this internally also at some points. But there's a, a kind of old-fashioned mindset uh, still existing, um, and as this Christian described. Old way of business, a new way of business, and this sometimes um, is not easy easy to 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 break up these these kind of barriers and old thinkings. So, and that's why I think the the um, the, the the 
the way and 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 the the target in the future is, is clear, but the 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 way there is some some hard some hard uh, learnings uh, for each company and and for each participant in these in these in these platforms with this idea, but bringing this idea to life uh, that's a different story. This podcast is brought to you by Afnet Zilliqa, the engineers of evolution. If you want to learn more about us, we have put information and links in this episode's show notes, and you can also connect with us on LinkedIn or avnet-silica.com. That's A-V-N-E-T-S-I-L-I-C-A.com. Why is it so hard? Is it the fear of the loss of revenue or the fear of losing competence and or being inter-exchangeable by any other company? What What's behind this, you think? You, you need to open up your, your solutions. Um, that's, that's a dangerous thing because someone else can use your data, your insights uh, to do something marvelous that you might not have achieved or so. Um, so, of course, it's about uh, protectionism at, at this point. But in the end, it's the only way uh, to, to actually get industry forward all going. I mean, uh, if you think of a shop floor, you have like let's say 50 or 100 machines in your shop floor, all from different vendors. Um, who is really expecting that uh, this poor head of production is acquiring software systems from 50 different vendors to run his equipment better? And this only means that he runs his individual equipment better, but not overall. So, I mean, it's a logical thing that we have to open up, that we have to make solutions interoperable. That means you need standard protocols to exchange data and so on. And that also means that you cannot provide the whole stack. You, you have to have solutions that are open to uh, process data for yourself, but also to, to provide this data for other systems. So are you practicing what you're preaching? And so, for example, our KUKA solutions, um, there are numbers of them. Um, they are all open. They, they all provide information into other systems. We've established this, this uh, partnership with SAP, for example, because in the end, 95% or so of the European users will have an ERP system, which is called SAP. So at some point, uh, of course, you would like to have all this information from your different machines, uh, no matter what kind of make it is, uh, in, in your ERP system. So therefore, we have to provide this, uh, this data to someone else. That means opening up. If you are enclosed, it will not work. And if we are talking about I, uh, our IIQOT, for example, which is a system that gives you deeper insights on the, on the robot, for itself, it would be useless. But if it provides those information for your MES system, for your ERP system, for your maintenance system, or whatever it is, it becomes a really valuable asset. And of course, we are providing that uh, in, 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 in order to, to enhance this new world. So basically, the, the, the heart of the SIP alliance is um, opening, opening KUKA systems so that data will flow into SIP systems to make it manageable and to use it for, 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 for their systems, right? Or is there more behind this? So we have to differentiate between those two initiatives. I mean, one thing is actually the Open Industry for the Alliance that we funded uh, in, in 2019 together with SAP, but other partners. And this is not an SAP initiative. It's uh, we have many more big companies like Microsoft or Siemens also in there. So uh, SAP is just one of our 100 members. On the other hand, we have a strategic alliance with SAP together, um, where we try to to tackle the market together, and especially the automotive market. And and that's something that we are 
are driving together. I mean, I cannot mention the customers, but we're talking about the large uh, automotive OEMs where we have a joint approach of, uh, of reaching out to them. So we have uh, an SAP system as, as ERP layer in there, but also connecting information and to automotive customers, it's always most interesting to get information of robots because they have thousands of robots standing around. And that's where Andreas is then bringing in uh, tools like IQT or uh, like our expert system, mm -hmm. which is a tool where you can, uh, if you have an, an, any kind of issue with your robot, you can easily find out what it actually is, how you can solve it. I mean, we have like 15 years or so of, of maintenance knowledge put into such a system. And this is an interesting point. How can you actually bring this together with other equipment and somehow consolidate information in, in a layer? And that's done by someone else. That's not done by a KUKA system. KUKA is just providing those information. The vision is we need these kind of open call it open platforms, because then the, the value for the customer is, is uh, on the highest possible level in the future, I think. And each uh, each service that, that, that we provide, of course, also has bring value to the customer. I think very important is always the customer view. You need to understand what is the pain points, what, what problems you can solve, and what problems you can even solve when you open your, your own tools um, and, and combining it with other things that are in the market. So and 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 then automatically you have the scaling um, um, effects um, um, within this whole segment of uh, um, IIoT business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is very fascinating because when now we are, I think, mostly talking about also companies that already um, have uh, experience with automation processes. What is something? What is the biggest mistake, in your opinion, a company that has not started with IoT or Industry 4.0 yet? What is the biggest mistake? First of all, not to start with it. Uh, <laughs> you know, many companies tried pilot projects also on. They started something and the, the benefits were not as they uh, appeared to be. I mean, we had... Uh, big professors, consultants, and so on, telling us that you can gain 30% of uh, efficiency or 50% of efficiency. I mean, uh, they were always bringing it to the climax um, by industry 4.0. And it never turned out this way in, in, in the production shop floor. And it's not that they were wrong. It's, it's just you have to really listen closely uh, what they say because um the real potential is not in one machine it's 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 rather in the in the way uh an entire value chain is organized um like like i said in my very uh uh first example um if you have a machine that is running faster uh, it, and the rest is not harmonized to it uh, it doesn't bring you any, ben any benefit in the end uh, because just this one machine is producing faster but the next machine is uh, ha having too many parts to handle and, and the process before is, is too slow to, to, to feed this machine. Mm -hmm. So you have to harmonize the processes. And um, if you do a pilot project, what companies usually do is that they just optimize one tiny process because they want to be careful and it doesn't turn out to, to, to be the, the big picture thing. And, and, and that's what you should look for. And coming back to your question, I mean, uh, what is a piece of advice that you could give to, to customers? Um, don't start digitizing your entire shop floor. I mean, and contrary to what I just said, uh, because this is going to be too heavy, uh, but start with an experienced partner uh, that helps you with an individual process with a clear view of 
uh, taking this to the next level and to the next level and again and again. Um, but start small in, in baby steps and don't look for the great results with the very first thing, but uh, it's, it's really a, a thing of patience. And if you have a partner uh, who's experienced in that, who has tools to it, um, who has all these open uh, interfaces to, to, to other systems, uh, then this entire process will be successful. Patience would be would be also my my word that I that I wanted to highlight because you you it, it will be a learning curve and you 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 will make experiences that that maybe not lead to the immediate return on invest or whatever um, but you need to to have a kind of also um, maybe maybe just call it visionary in your company you need you need you need to understand that it is a, that it's the path you have to follow. Um, and not an, an, an 100% short-term high-level uh, uh, target that, that I want to achieve within six months. This is something uh, I think also needs to be clear. Um, as Christian said, start with baby steps, understand what that impact that has uh, on, the, on the next thing around the first piece you touched yeah? and and uh, then you will ha you understand the, the 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 things that they need to to uh, work together that's that's the same with every digital transformation project isn't it you you aim for the big marketing goals and then uh, your dreams are shattered by the tiny progresses you actually make without realizing then th that those would actually be the steps that lead you to the big success but then people are not patient enough and they run out of money and time and uh, what is a common myth about your job or your field of expertise that you would like to uh, clarify industry uh, 4.0 uh, story is already developed i think this whole industry is still in a learning curve and uh, with these uh, um, um, uh, communities um, um, like catena x like open industry 4.0 i think now the words start to grow together so it's 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 even for a company like kuka uh, it's, it's it's not that we have the final 100% vision, I think that's also part of, of the story. Yeah? What, what is the myth about Industry 4.0? Uh, I think it is simply everybody was expecting a revolution because it was called the fourth industrial revolution. And a revolution is something that happens at an instance and should be over in, let's say, a couple of days and everything is fine. And this is an process. It's a process that takes for some time. And, it, it, you know, in the beginning, we've been talking about the, the third industrial revolution, the automation. It's still going on. I mean, uh, just remember when you saw the first robots in science fiction movies and TV, that was long before any one of us here was born. Uh, and still, Robots are not everywhere in our environment. Like Andrea said in the beginning, there are so many fields where people are still hesitant to, to use robots in, in, in their everyday life. So uh, the example Andreas brought with, with a burger chain uh, where a robot is, is handing you the, the, the robot, people are careful about that. And this is, although we have been in this robot business for, I don't know, 50, 60 years uh, since we first talked about robots. And I'm not talking about industrial robots here. So we still haven't utilized this in every field. The same is true for digitization. It's something that is starting and it is working fine in, in different fields. 
um, but people are still very careful. I mean, they're careful about sharing uh, inside information about what their companies are doing and so on. And the same is true for, for every kind of application in the industrial field. Um, new generations have to come in. For them, things are simply logical. And for others, it's uh, something they have to get used to. So over time, things will change and, and not really in a revolutionary approach at an instance. Christian, Andreas, thank you so much for sharing your insights and sharing your expertise. It was great having you on the show and I hope we speak again soon. I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. This was Avnet Silica's We Talk IoT. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a rating. Talk to you soon.